Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2 of Beyond Study Abroad, the Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Sam Epic, and today I sat down with Carlandria Petty to talk about the Puebla, Mexico program and her experience as a black woman abroad. Before we get into the episode, we have a quick word about Study Abroad Week and the offerings it has for Notre Dame students. This is Katie Kovar, and I'm with the Notre Dame Study Abroad team. I'm here to let you know that Notre Dame's annual Study Abroad Week will take place next week from September 20th through 24th. We'll feature numerous live information sessions on Zoom throughout the week to give students the opportunity to learn more about available semester and summer program opportunities. We'll also have live Zoom events to talk about the updated application process and to hear from current Notre Dame students who are studying abroad this semester. They will share their experiences as the first cohort of students to study abroad since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. In addition, you can find study abroad program managers stationed around campus each day and prepared to answer your questions at our Advising on the Fly events. Lastly, the Study Abroad Week website features a catalog of on-demand videos about our available programs, the application process, financial aid, and more. We hope you'll join us for 2021 Study Abroad Week. everybody. Welcome back to Study Abroad Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sam Epic. Uh, this is Season 2, Episode 2. And today we're joined by Lala, who is studying in Puebla, Mexico. Hello, everyone. I am Carlandria Petty, or better known as Lala. I am currently a first semester junior at the University of Notre Dame, but I have the privilege of studying this semester in Puebla, Mexico. Um, I am a double major in science and professional studies and Spanish, which is a big reason why I decided to study abroad here. So I have a great pre-medicine program. Um, also, I am from South Bend, Indiana, which is really cool. Well, first off, I just want to get out the gate. If you could tell us a little bit more about where you're studying abroad and what drew you to this program specifically. Yeah, so um, a big reason why I wanted to study abroad and Mexico was um, growing up in South Bend, there is a large Hispanic population, especially on the west side of South Bend, which is part of where I grew up. Um, in addition, I've always had a love and an admiration for the um, Spanish culture, specifically um, Mexican culture. And um, I would love to be able to learn another language and be able to connect with more people. Um, and also this uh, program specifically, it's for pre-med students and I'm doing research here. And um, there's also a really cool like clinical rotation um, program that I'm a part of. As one of the first kind of cohorts of students to study abroad again after the you know, COVID-19 shut down and like kind of rescheduling of all these uh, programs, what have your first couple of weeks in Puebla been like? You again, you're one of the first people that got to go back during the school year. So what has that experience been like for you? Yeah, well, overall, um, I think being able just to study abroad um, after, you know, the chaotic and like hectic years of COVID, the, two, the past two years that we've had is just a blessing in itself. 
But um, when we first got here, it was um, <laughs> pretty organized in terms of like, we had to quarantine, we had to get our COVID test before we could do anything. Um, of course, in Mexico, they're a little bit behind the United States. So um, masks are still mandated here. Um, even at our university, like the first half of the alphabet goes one week and then the next half of the alphabet goes the next. Um, and um, even like things like going to restaurants and things like that, like they close earlier. But um, being one of the first groups back, I think the study abroad international program did a great job with getting us here safely um, and even allowing us to go this year. We talked a little bit about the Pueblo program and what drew you to it. Um, but could you tell our listeners a little bit more about the Pueblo program, what they have to offer? And, um, you know, if there's anything that you enjoy that's been really unique or meaningful to you since you've started being. So in the Pueblo program, I really like that there's a huge, um, like, culture-like cultivation in, inside of the program. Um, something that I've really noticed here is they care a lot about mental health um, with their students. Um, and even with their professors. And I don't know, I just really enjoy that. I think that's important. And I think that's something that all countries should incorporate, but that's something that I've noticed specifically in Mexico and in this program, they genuinely care about how we're feeling, how we're doing and what they can do to make things better. Um, as for me personally, I am currently um, researching in the nutrition laboratory, which is like Michael, um, molecular biology. Um, I am creating a brownie that is supposed to be beneficial for um, patients with multiple sclerosis. Um, and just seeing all their different laboratories there, like, it's just, it's really cool. Like, I never thought I would be able to do something like this. Um, and then as far as the um, pre-med clinical rotations, uh, we have a rotation area in physical therapy. And I want to be a physical therapist. So that's just something that's, you know, super beneficial for me. Being able to see patients, work with patients, and also be around doctors who have gotten to a level that I, you know, aspire to be. Um, and I think in this program, it's allowing me to grow personally um, because I'm in a different country and there is a language and culture barrier. And it's just allowing me to grow up and it's something that I definitely needed, especially this being my junior year. Um, and after senior year, you know, you start life or whatever, <laughs> like you're out into the real world again. Um, and I just think this is definitely something that I needed overall. You talked a little bit about or being forced to grow up a little bit. Uh, what helped you overcome some of those barriers that made you hesitant to travel abroad if you had any? So um, I think for me, being that I literally was born in South Bend, I grew up in South Bend and then I decided to stay in South Bend to go for my education. Um, I think even if, you know, I had a little bit more of like independence and I feel like, you know, I'm mature enough. I feel like I never really got to experience the feeling of like, oh shoot, like I'm in college, I'm by myself. Like I always, no matter what, like I have family around me and if I feel like, oh, you know what? I miss my parents today. I miss Bala this day. I'm just very privileged in that area. And like just knowing South Bend, it's very easy for me to get around where I see other people who are on campus and 
they're hundreds of miles away from their family and what their environment and what they're used to. And I think me coming to Mexico was very eye-opening and I knew it would be. So that's why I wanted to do it, but it was very eye-opening in terms of like, not everyone has the privilege of having someone around them that they know or being familiar in a place. And I feel like it just allows me to problem solve better. Like I, yes, I'm here and I know a little Spanish, but I don't know everything. And even if I know Spanish, I don't know, you know, the Spanish in Mexico because there are different words, dialects, um, gestures. So it's just allowing me to problem solve and figure out things on my own, which I think are skills that every person needs going out into the real, real world and even in like professional life. And I think it just allows me to be more, I guess, opening and understanding of other people. Like me being an international student, I now know how international students feel at ND or in other places where it's like really confusing. Sometimes it's frustrating and sad. But at the same time, like I'm able to have like empathy towards those students. So I feel like it's something that is very beneficial all the way around. You also talked a little bit earlier about your research uh, with multiple sclerosis uh, and like a brownie you said that's kind of designed for people that are suffering from multiple sclerosis. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you even came into that research opportunity and kind of what you're doing? Yes, so previously, this is, um, everyone in my lab has their own individual projects, and the lab that we are in surrounds nutrition, um, and before I even got to Mexico, um, I was paired with a um, professor who does, you know, research in nutrition, but this project was already made. However, someone who used to go to the university had to leave for personal reasons, so I picked up her project um, and basically I'm just like in the lab, the brownie has been made. Um, now I'm like making solutions of the brownie. I know it sounds kind of confusing now, but I'm still kind of confused on it myself a little bit, but I will be doing different um, analysis of it, like breaking down the components of the brownie, breaking down how much nutrients and minerals are in the brownie, um, doing a count of carbs. Uh, and I, as, as it goes on, I'm really just learning and I'm watching other people from my lab because, you know, it's the same process, but it's just different. Um, it's different foods that they're doing. Like one girl in my lab is doing like cricket chips and it's supposed to be beneficial for something. I'm not sure. It's really cool though. Um, but as for my brownie, I don't know. I just thought, like the way that everything aligned, because I didn't choose this project, like it was given to me, like the way that everything aligned was just super like cool because I do want, like I said, I want to be a physical therapist and patients with multiple sclerosis actually take physical therapy. I mean, they, they partake in physical therapy. And I just think how all of this is like coming together and the things that I'm learning, like even like, like pipetting, I knew how to like pipette stuff but I didn't know the words and like the process of it in Spanish. So like, I'm just learning things like that as well that I think are applicable later on in life. And yeah, it's pretty much about my project so far. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about your research and that's again, incredibly fascinating. Um, in terms of academics though, um, can you tell us a little bit more about the courses you're taking while you're in Puebla and are any of them actually taught in English? 
So my course that is fine English is physics. Thank the Lord, because <laughs> I don't think I would be able to comprehend much, but that is my course that is um, taught in English. All my other courses are in Spanish and the classes here are longer than 90 minutes, which is, you know, it's difficult, especially if you have like a short attention span. But something that I noticed here is that they do a lot of their work and understanding in the classroom. So there's not as much um, work outside of the classroom. Um, and I've noticed, like, for example, in my bioethics class, um, my professor really appreciates when we are just like making eye connection with him and like listening to him without taking notes, which like I feel like a lot of students at Notre Dame are like, writing notes as much as possible. And we think that's how we're going to ace the class, but really he wants us to fully understand and engage in the classroom. Um, and I think overall, that's a big difference that I noticed here. Um, also, I have this really cool like Mexican cinema class where we watch like Mexican movies um, and we um, anal I mean, analyze them and um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like my only classes that I have in English is physics, so. Do you have a favorite experience or story about the program that you've had so far that you'd be willing to share with us in our audience? That's a really good question. Um, I think something that I really noticed like as soon as I got here is that just as much as we may be nervous or anxious to speak to a native speaker, they are nervous to speak to us. Like they they really do appreciate that we even try. And like sometimes for us, we're so like hard on ourselves. We're like, oh my gosh, I sounded so bad. I'm pretty sure they had no clue what I was saying. Or maybe I should just like look everything up, translated. Like it's you you kind of doubt yourself, but in actuality, they like appreciate you trying. Um, and I guess to make a, to have a specific experience that I've had, which is really small, but it's something I appreciate. Um, to get into my research lab, I have to go through, like we have to sign ourselves in with our, with our card credential. And the, one of the workers who like takes our temperature before we go in, she asked me to teach her English. And I just thought that was just like, I don't know, it just every time I think about it, I kind of get a little emotional about it because like for her to even consider like me helping her and like having the courage to ask me, like that just inspired me a lot because just like I said, just as much as we want to be able to understand them, they want to understand us, whatever language barrier there is. Um, so with that specific experience, like now, like we talk to each other every morning and like when I leave my research, um, and she has like her notebook with like notes um, of like English phrases and words. And I don't know, I just, I just find it really cool and um, sweet. I was gonna say that's super sweet and really like a wholesome experience. And it really leads pretty beautifully into my next question. Um, I guess I wanted to know, how are you over the past month, how have you started to build community in your program? Not only with like your fellow international students, but also with local people. Um, are there any like special opportunities for you to connect with like that community, uh, both again, Notre Dame community and also like the kind of more local, um, you know, Mexican community? 
So with my um, my international program, like the students here, that like all the students that came from Indy, I we were just super fortunate. Like literally, all of us get along. It's crazy. We have so much fun together. Like it could not be better. Um, we're all so close. Like we really feel like we will be friends like forever. And I just find that super cool. And that honestly could have went the total like opposite way. But we just all get along very well. As for just finding a community in um, Mexico, um, there are small things like there's a coffee shop on campus and um, they actually like named a order after me in a way because I don't eat um, I don't eat red meat. And so I always literally ask for the same thing. And a couple of other people have told me that sometimes they'll ask for my, like, they'll say, like, can I have this bagel without blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, you want the Lala order? Or like, it's just really cute and like unique. Um, so they remember you, which is really cool. That's an example of like a, building a community. Um, in addition, um, we've met a couple people at, um restaurants that we went to on the weekends and we've gained friends that way where like we literally hang out with those people every weekend and they're showing us new places around like Puebla, Chula, like places that are close by, the different cities that are close by. Um, and we a lot of us have a separate gym membership which is super cool because a lot of people in the gym remember us and like we talk to them. Um, and then lastly, there's this like cool churro spot, like street churros. Um, and they like, we sometimes walk back from campus to our apartments and we usually stop there, talk to them, get some churros. And, you know, they're, they, they know us, you know, it's becoming like part of our home in a way. And just being able to build like community in those small ways. Also, I've had some of the same Uber drivers and like we continue our conversations which is like super cool and I feel very safe and comfortable with them so it's nice I'm sure that adapting to this entirely new environment both cultural and like just like you know physical has been you know has been presenting its own challenges so how have you been able to adapt it is a challenging experience overall because there are so many different there are so many differences you know two different countries that um two language two languages, um, two different cultures. And I think sometimes it, it may be hard for us to understand that some people are just curious about us because we are international students and it can be hurtful sometimes. It's like someone asks you like, you know, different questions like, oh, like what's your ethnicity? But they don't necessarily ask what's your ethnicity. Like they just try to like figure out who you are. Um, like for example, um, for me, I stick out out of my international program because I am a brown girl and my hair is different and I look different than most of the people in my program. And I've had like people come up to me and ask me questions like, oh my gosh, like, what, where are you from? What are, what are you doing here? What's your hair called? And different things like that. Um, so just those instances can be difficult sometimes, but it's also I don't know, it's just like reflective in a way because I'm sure international students back at home feel that way sometimes when people like look at them and maybe like we think, oh, we're just, you know, we're just looking, we're not being, you know, um, invasive or anything like that, but it, it could actually be hurting their feelings. Um, and 
I think that's what has been the most difficult for me, knowing that I am different because I'm, I'm even different in America. But being different in Mexico is hard sometimes because it's hard to be able to relate to other people, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, and if, you're, if you don't mind me asking, uh, I guess if you're comfortable talking more about like your experience of being a brown woman abroad, um, you know, and sticking out that I'd love to hear more about what you have to say. I think personally, without even any um, other components added to it, I, I think most brown people go through an experience where they feel like they don't belong. And I think personally, what I had to realize is that the color of my skin is not something that is against me, but it's actually a force. It's a power that I have, and I'm fortunate to have it. And I think once I change my mindset about that, it doesn't offend me um, as much anymore. Of course, I still go through the ups and downs and the phases of like being sad or feeling like no one understands me. Oh my gosh, like they might think of me in this way or they might think I'm too like different or aggressive or things like that. But once I realized that this is something that aids in my, you know, me as a person, um, I, I realized that it's, it's amazing being a person of color. And my experience here is, um, for example, let's think. For example, one time I was out with my program and this woman, woman came up to me and I didn't understand her the first time, but she came back with her friend and she asked to take a picture of me because I looked so different and like foreign compared to most people in the room or maybe most people in Mexico. Um, and, I know, you know, Mexican people or people in Mexico are brown people. They are people of color, of course, but I still look different from what, I mean, different from what they're used to for one. And then, um, so I think that certain, that specific situation made me more reflective and like, of course, you know, just be aware of my surroundings for one, but then to realize that I do stick out but it's not something that I should be ashamed of. I'm just unique in that. I, I appreciate that. Um, but overall, I think it's a chance for me to grow personally with being so different. And it's also a chance to just um, advise and educate. I don't really want to say educate, but like being able to use my story to um, be a representation and hopefully, you know, inspire and educate others to um, the experiences of brown people across the world. That was, that was very beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was perfect. I did want to ask, you know, elephant in the room, you know, COVID-19, I'm sure, as you've mentioned, it still has its effects on your study abroad experience. And so I wanted to know how the ongoing pandemic has affected this experience thus far. And if there's anything that has changed or been altered because of, you know, the reality of the you know global health situation yeah um i think the biggest one as far as the pueblo program is that we usually get to do our rotations in like um actual hospitals i believe um that i've heard from previous students but this time around we are in clinics which is so awesome we still see actual patients um but we don't get to experience like a lot of live things that we have before um so I think it just kind of like puts a damper on that. In addition, um, 
maybe, maybe just like, I guess the, like, um, the, the entertainment, like we were not able to see any of the like sport, sporting events because they're still, like I said, they're kind of behind the United States in terms of like, um, COVID-19 policies. Um, so that's another thing. And then also a lot of things closed earlier because of COVID now and there are restrictions and we are a group of about, I think 18. And a lot of times we wanna go places together but we have to realize like, okay, we're kind of a big group. So we're not all able to, or if we are able to fit in, it's very difficult. Um, so those are just a couple of like examples of how COVID-19 has put a damper on our program. Again, as one of the first students to be back in the study abroad programs since the shutdown last year, what advice or tips do you have for students who are just either arriving at their fall 2021 study abroad locations or planning a study abroad next semester? Um, what advice do you have for these students, if any? Yeah, um, I think if you are able to look on the bright side, like it would suck if we didn't get to go at all. Like it's a very easy to be like complain the whole time, like, oh my gosh, like the previous programs got to do this, blah, blah, this and that. But if you actually realize like you are in a completely different country studying somewhere, you're learning so much, whether it's academically, personally, or culturally, like it's all working towards your benefits. So I think if we can just like stop for a second, just be grateful for actually being in a different country. Um, and also I would just let the, like the, like my fellow study abroad students that are in different programs and also ones that will study abroad next year is that there are actually cool additions um, after COVID-19. Like, for example, one of my um, historical or like political historical classes um, of Mexico, we, um, they used to, they actually used to just have a class in the classroom, but now we actually go visit historical sites because they realize that we're not able to visit places um, as much as we would have in the past. So they're actually taking us to these places and we're get to, we get to see like my, Mayan pyramids and um, different museums that really do make a difference in your stay in a foreign country. Like you're learning the history and like really getting down to like what Mexico is. But all in all, um, there are different additions and I think it's actually allowing us to see different ways to, or like different opportunities um, during your study abroad stay. So I think there are some like beneficial additions now um, after like COVID-19. That was perfect. Uh, thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, it was really a pleasure having you and hearing your story. Um, and I hope that uh, you as well as the other public students have a great rest of your semester. Um, yeah, and that's all I have for you. So thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening to season two, episode two of Beyond Study Abroad, the Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and all our social pages to hear more study abroad content. See y'all soon.